With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. PM Tampa Bay on this Thursday, October 15th. I'm Ryan Gorman and joining me on the hotline right now, I've got legendary political pollster and strategist John Zogby to talk about polling and the 2020 election. John, thank you so much for the time. And let's start with the basics, how polling works and the different ways polling is conducted these days. Well, sure. There are the, the traditional live uh, uh, telephone calls that come in these days. About two thirds uh, uh, of those calls in any sample are made to cell phones, and the rest are are on landlines. Um, and I mean, frankly, you've got a better chance today of being reached uh, than ever before. But you have a be- better chance of being struck by lightning than when you consider, you know, over a hundred million households in the United States and taking then a random sampling of seven or 8,000 telephone numbers or 10,000 at most telephone numbers to try to reach a a thousand people. They're online polls. Um, You know, we do live phones, but we also do online polls. Basically that's about 15 million email addresses that have data points to them so that we don't know the names of these people, but we know descriptions demographically of who they are. You take a random probability sampling uh, of maybe 10,000 email addresses and send an email invitation to a secure link to take that, uh, uh, that kind of poll. There's a robo polls where you're just uh, randomly digit, random digitally dialing telephone numbers throughout the United States or a given state. And there's a recording on and you press one or press two. Uh, Maybe a a lot of people have gotten those kinds of polls. Some are very real and very good. Some uh, are bogus. And the type of polling method matters because it could, in some cases, lead to different results, correct? Um, yeah, it could. Um, you know, I'm a big fan of online polling simply because, you know, factors like uh, being embarrassed to say who you're going to vote for or what your political party is really doesn't enter as, as any factor at all, as opposed to there may be a few folks, you know, the shy Trump voter or the voter who says, geez, I don't want to tell a total stranger uh, who I'm going to vote for. So response rates, at least, are are better on online polls. Some of the elements that make a poll more accurate, sample sizes, margin of error. Tell us about that part of the process. Yeah, sure. Um, You know, so, you know, in a nationwide poll, um, uh, basically, you you want uh, probably a margin of sampling error of three, plus or minus three percentage points, meaning, you know, that if somebody is leading uh, 50% to 47%, that person with 50 uh, could be 53 or 47. That person with 47 could be plus three or 50 or down to 44 it's within the margin of sampling error. How do we derive at that? You know, there's a, a, a formula for that. Um, but, you know, essentially 
what what you're talking about is random probability statistics. Same thing that's involved. If I've got a large jar of blue marbles and white marbles, um, and uh, there are 10 million of them, and I want to know uh, how many of each color there are, I could spend the rest of my adult life counting those 10 million marbles and hope that I don't get a phone call or an interruption <laughs> in between. Or I can draw randomly. If I decide to draw randomly, if I draw 400 randomly, I'll get the same number of blues and whites in 95 cases out of 100, plus or minus five percentage points. Uh, if I want plus or minus three percentage points, more accuracy, then I'm going to do about a 1,000 uh, marbles. In 95 cases out of 100, if I follow the same procedure, I'm going to get the same result, plus or minus three. Of course, the lower the margin of error, the higher you, uh, uh, the larger the draws the sample is. I'm joined by legendary political pollster and strategist John Zogby to talk about polling and the 2020 election. Another thing that I think is important to keep in mind and something that sometimes gets forgotten, these polls are a snapshot in time, not necessarily a predictor of the future. Talk a little bit about why it's important to know when the poll was conducted. Yeah, that's absolutely essential because news travels so fast that there can be time-sensitive uh, factors that could change a few minds one way or another. We also know that with the rise of independence, uh, you know, I remember when the 4% of registered voters were independents. So it was kind of predictable how many Democrats, how many Republicans you'd have. Now you've got you know, basically a lot of swing voters out there. And so you can have people who don't make up their minds, you know, until election day itself. So meaning that you could have a last minute sweep uh, if you stop polling the Monday before the election. And now for a bit of the more scientific component, waiting, trying to make sure the polls take into account certain demographic elements and the balance between the amount of Republicans, Democrats and independents represented in the poll. How does all of that work? Yeah, I, I mean, essentially, you, you want to pre-stratify your sample. So in other words, I'm not going to draw 10,000 random telephone numbers nationwide. I'm going to ensure from the start that if about 30% of my respondents need to be from the Northeast and 30% from the South, 20% from the West, that I'm going to draw them regionally proportionately. And if I do that, then when the calls are made or the email invitations are uh, uh, secured and, and fulfilled, I'm roughly going to get a representative sample of the country. However, in the end, we do know that in more cases than not, we'd get an, a slight underrepresentation of non-whites, a, a, a non-representation of younger voters, um, you know, in our samples. And so we go back to either the population, the census population, uh, most recently in, in the area, or we go to exit polls and take a look at what a turnout model actually looks like, uh, in, in reality and adjust our samples that way. Now there's a little bit of artwork that's involved as well, because I can go straight by census or exit polls. But if I have a sense 
from my polling that, hey, there's a lot of enthusiasm among blacks. There's little enthusiasm among Latinos. I'm being hypothetical here. I could adjust them up or down appropriately. And that is uh, that is a bit of artistry. And how about balancing political party representation? Yeah, absolutely. For, for starters, one of the things we need to talk about is the value of political party, especially when you have 90% of Democrats who support the Democrat and 90% of Republicans support the Republican. You want to make sure that party identification is adequately represented. One of the problems that I have with a number of polls that are coming out is that uh, there's a too broad of a differential between Democrats and Republicans. There are a couple of out um, most recently, one with 44% uh, Democrats, 28% Republicans. In the last election, Trump versus Clinton, it was uh, 39% Democrat, 35% Republican. And I don't have any reason to believe that the differential between Democrats and Republicans is any wider uh, than, than that. So I will adjust my sample to be representative by party as well. I'm joined by legendary political pollster and strategist John Zogby to talk about polling and the 2020 election. Another difference between polls can be the type of voter they're sampling, registered or likely voters. And for some of the approval ratings that people see, it's even broader than that. Why does all of that matter? Well, I can't account for the why because I only do likely voters all year round. Um, but let's just say there are some polls that poll all adults. Some do registered voters. Still others like myself do likely voters. And in each case, the, uh, the more you screen for likelihood of voting, you do have some significant demographic changes. Fewer poor people, more college-educated people, um, generally slightly fewer non-whites. And so um, uh, there is a qualitative difference between those three different categories. So what did we learn from 2016? There's been so much talk about how the polls were wrong when it came to the presidential race. What's true and what part of that narrative doesn't quite match up with the data? Well, you know, I took a pass in 2016. I had sold my company. And so I can be totally objective about my colleagues. I thought that the state polls were right on. Not that they declared the actual winner in the last iteration of the poll that came out, but that they certainly captured a downward trend uh, for Hillary Clinton. So if you looked at at 10 days before the election, you saw Hillary Clinton leading by 9, 10, 11 points in key battleground states. And by the day before the election, she had either lost the lead, was tied, or only was up maybe two or three points. But the downward slide was clear uh, enough to suggest, not with pinpoint accuracy, who was going to win or lose, but to, but certainly to make a decision, hey, I better hold off on making any prediction. Um, this trend could be continuing right through on election day. So I think, honestly, Ryan, that the mistake was made by pundits and not so much by pollsters. And that's why I've been putting out pieces on how to read polls and what you should be looking for when what not to be looking for. Early voting, lots of people already casting their ballots. How does that factor into the polling numbers we're seeing? It's only a question of tense. 
meaning have you voted already or will you vote in person on election day? Uh, and basically my most recent polling, which is consistent with pretty much everybody else's, is we've got Biden leading by 16 points among those who are voting early, either in person or by mail. We have Trump leading by 18 points among those who say they're going to wait until election day. That kind of reflects how Democrats and Republicans, Biden supporters, Trump supporters are viewing the coronavirus and viewing safety and and uh, are, uh, have a level of, uh, of enthusiasm. So right now we are seeing, uh, as of this moment, depending on when you air it, uh, as of this moment, there's 16 million people who have voted already. That's just an incredible turnout. But it is clear uh, just visually as well as by voter registration that these are Democrats and these are Biden supporters, just as what the polls are showing. Now, on Election Day, we'll see how many Trump supporters come out. I'm joined by legendary political pollster and strategist John Zogby to talk about polling and the 2020 election. Let's talk about exit polling for a minute. Some numbers everyone will see uh, come Election Day. What does that attempt to show and how much stock should people put in those numbers on November 3rd? Yeah, the... um, The exit polls have been geared for election day polling only, although now they will feature uh, a a telephone survey of people who have already voted. You used to be able to go to the bank uh, with the exit polls that leaked out about one o'clock in the afternoon. But right now, the real value of exit polls is what they tell us about who's voting and why they voted, not so much, um, you know, who's actually going to win the election if it's a close result. No poll can, can, you know, with certainty tell you, including an exit poll, uh, that somebody's going to win by one half of a percent. I've been very fortunate. I've been able to nail some of those, but you know, that's not how I want to market my brand. I want to market my brand as somebody who smartly and tries to be as accurately as possible in the polling. Uh, but the point is, folks should be looking at what were the major issues, what what were the drivers, um, who voted, was it, uh, did young people show up in large numbers, old people in larger numbers, uh, what percentage of the exit polls are black and, and Latino, and if those appear to be reflective of what the pre-election polls are, are saying, then you get some sort of an idea what's going on. Final question for you. Obviously, all of this isn't an exact science, but just to reiterate, what are the key items everyone should be most focused on when taking a look at polling between now and Election Day? They should take a look at the samples and just drill just a little deeper. How many Democrats and how many Republicans are in the sample? That's number one. Number two, are there any key groups that each side needs that have a high undecided? So, for example, uh, Biden needs black voters. If we see the number of undecideds going up, in the last couple of days, that means they're rejecting Joe Biden. If the numbers of undecideds among blacks uh, uh, go down and they go into the Biden column, then he's going to win among blacks where he needs to be and, and win the election. Same thing, say, with evangelical Christians and Donald Trump. John Zogby, longtime political pollster and strategist. John, thank you so much for taking the time to break all of that down for us. We appreciate it. 
Thanks so much, Ryan. Take care. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.